0: If you'd take your Bibles and go into the book of Matthew, we'll begin reading in just a moment. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21, today's message is titled This: The Parable of the Unforgiving Servant. The Parable of the Unforgiving Servant. And I was just thinking as I was preparing this message, uh, many times in the last several months, it seems that the Lord has led us to passages of Scripture that deal with the matter of forgiveness and unforgiveness. And being forgiving. And God's people need to be continually and perpetually working on forgiving. Forgiving one another. You see, the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ is forgiveness. Uh, The reason Jesus left the glory of heaven, the Son of God, equal with God, was to come and make a sacrifice so that all of our sins could be forgiven. The spirit of Jesus is a spirit of forgiveness, and God's people should be forgiving people. Uh, The devil knows that forgiveness and the opposite of forgiveness, bitterness and anger, is something that is so vital in the lives of Christian people that I believe the devil encourages us to be bitter. He encourages us to be unforgiving. And so many times as we study through the scriptures, we come to this subject, the subject of forgiveness and unforgiveness, Today's message is titled this, The Parable of the Unforgiving Servant. Let's begin reading in verse 21 of Matthew 18. The Bible says this, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not. But went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, And delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. We come to this passage of Scripture and we have the story, the parable of the unforgiving servant. I remind folks. That I don't preach whatever message I just come up with. Uh, my style is I find a text and I preach whatever the, the text says. And normally I'm preaching through passages of scripture. And uh, like for instance on Sunday night, Lord willing, I think tonight we finish up in the book of 2 Samuel. We has been a long time. We preached 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. I've preached through Matthew, Mark and Luke and John. And i preached through the book of Romans and Ecclesiastes. And, and my style is I just preach whatever's next. And I like that because it keeps me out of trouble because I'm not picking on anybody. I didn't think, boy, they need this, and I picked my message for the day. I just pick whatever the Lord picks, and the Lord prepares the text, and I preach the message. And so when I come to this text today, I'm thinking about forgiveness and unforgiveness, and it's absolute certain need in our life. It's the next parable so we study this together, I want to remind you that God wants us to be forgiving people. There's an emphasis in this text on forgiveness, and it begins with Peter. You can always expect Peter to stick his foot in his mouth. How many of you can identify and you feel sometimes like Peter? You stick your foot in your mouth. Well, Peter, it must be feeling really, really spiritual this moment, and feeling really forgiving, and he wants to have a little spiritual conversation with Jesus. And he starts it like this in verse 21. He says, Then came Peter to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So Peter, he's feeling real forgiving on this particular day. The Pharisees, their, their formula for forgiveness was you forgive people three times, and then after that, you're done. But Peter said, you know what, I'm feeling extra special. Maybe I can impress Jesus a little bit. He comes to Jesus, he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my my brother when he sins against me? Seven times? And Peter's like, I just gave Jesus the number of completion and perfection. He's going to really like me for that. And Jesus says, no, no, you should forgive your brother seven times, 70 If you're trying to do the math, that's 490 times. And the message is not specifically on the number 490 times. You should forgive 490 times and then you should probably start the count over. But the bottom line is the spirit of God's people is one of forgiveness. We're to be forgiving people and we should forgive 490 times and then some. As a matter of fact, I'm confident if you're this kind of person that you're so upset with somebody and so aggravated and you're in your heart, that you're forgiving them and you've got a tally and you're up to 479 and you're excited about the next few offenses coming so finally you get to 491 and you don't have to forgive them suckers anymore you're not right with God you're not forgiving God's people need to be forgiving our spirit needs to be a spirit of forgiveness and when we come to the story we meet up with a guy who was forgiven a great deal but fails to forgive a small amount and the end is torment and trouble for him. And a great story. I'd like to share with you the story. I'll talk to you about the story and then we'll preach the message. And I'm excited about the story. Uh, This man, he must have been some kind of special he must have been the kind of guy that was able to handle and do a lot, but somewhere along the way he messed up in a big way because one night the king is going through the records and going through the servants and the tallies of the servants that were in charge of taking care of his money and the king's finances, and he found out that one of his servants somehow along the way had lost and become debtor to the king and the kingdom to a, a sum of 10,000 talents. Now, I want you to know something, ten. 10,000 talents was not one small amount. 10,000 talents, a lot of folks believe in today's currency would have been the equivalent of $130 million worth of silver. 10,000 talents, you wouldn't haul it in a pickup truck if you know what I mean. 10,000 talents was a great sum. And this man had lost a great deal of the kingdom's money and the king's money. And the king is looking through his debtors and he says, My, we probably should do something about this guy. He's made a big oopsie. And so he calls the guy before him. The law of the land was that the debtor would pay for the debt. And the way the debtor paid for the debt, it's pretty uh, pretty rough. The servant was to pay for the debt by having all of his possessions broken up and sold, including his wife and children. And then he would go to a debtor's prison until his debt was paid. That's not good. The guilt of sin... Carries a great price There's no doubt about it And this man was guilty And guilty is charged And the righteous judgment of this king To fall on this man Was not bad or mean or unkind It was just the rule of law On this particular day, the king calls the man into his presence and says, I'm going to sell your wife and your children and all your possessions. I'm going to put you in debtor's prison until your debt is paid. But $130 million for this man, that was a debt that was going to be impossible to pay. It would take a lifetime. The man humbles himself before the king and bows and asks for mercy. And the king in compassion and pity forgives the man this massive debt. Oh, that's a sweet day. Can you imagine that load being lifted? It reminds me of the debt of sin that we all have. It reminds me of the day that I accepted Christ by faith as my Savior and the penalty of death and hell forever was removed from my account and put on Christ. Jesus Christ was worthy to take that. Jesus Christ was righteous to take that. Jesus Christ was willing to take my sin that way. It's awesome. It's a great picture of what the Lord has done for us we got to stay in the story though this man had such a great debt had been forgiven a great deal Has no time flat until he turns around and remembers that there was a man in another servant a fellow servant that owed him 100 pence if we were to put that in today's terms as far as money goes is about 100 bucks this man owed him 100 bucks. The man who was just recently forgiven $130 million starts to get upset and aggravated in his heart about old Joe Schmo down the road who owed him 100 bucks. No doubt he'd seen Joe Schmo who owed him 100 bucks, letting his kid play video games outside the store at Food City and was aggravated that he hadn't paid his debt because Or saw him eating steaks one night and owed him a hundred. Something got the one servant that had been forgiven so much aggravated at the other servant who owed him a hundred bucks. He calls him. You owe me a hundred bucks. The servant that owed a hundred bucks couldn't pay it. and According to the law, the servant that had been forgiven so much has... The servant who owns a hundred bucks owes a hundred bucks, put into debtor's prison until his debt is paid. Well, here's what happens: the other servants, there's other people in the community that knew the whole story. There were folks who knew that servant number one had been forgiven a lot and had failed to forgive servant number two of just a little, and all the other servants are watching this bitterness and anger and this this unforgiveness that has happened in this man's heart and. They go and tell the king what happened. King, king, you've got to know this. The man that you forgave so much, he won't forgive this other guy a hundred pence, a hundred bucks. And he's in prison now. And the guy that owed you all this money, he's not in prison. The king calls the servant that's forgiven so much into his presence. And says, I forgave you all that debt because you asked me to. Verse 33, he says, "Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? The answer is yes. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. This word tormentors, I don't think this is a reference to hell. I really think that literally he was to be sent to prison, to a place where there was people on hire in the prison to torment and torture the prisoners. And Jesus speaks up in verse 35, and he says, here's the point of this parable. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Forgive, forgive, forgive. In verse number 21, we see the word Forgive. In verse 27, we see the word forgave. In verse number 32, we see the word forgave. In verse number 35, we see the word forgive. And the emphasis of this passage of Scripture is on God's people forgiving. We're to forgive. What are we to forgive? The Bible says we're to from our hearts forgive everyone his brother their trespasses. We're to be forgiving. God's people are to forgive, forgive, forgive. I like the word forgive. The word forgive is a simple word. It literally means to let it go. Forgive. Give up. Let it go. Give up. Forgive. God's people are to forgive. Some folks have this idea, and I think they're in error, that we should forgive and forget. I don't know about you, but I've got a pretty decent brain. And forgetting certain things is really hard to do. I'm not saying, and I don't think God's saying, that you are going to forgive and forget it is kind of fun when you do begin to really forgive people in your heart. You don't think about it all the time. But if you want to, th- if you want to stop and think for a minute, you can come back up with it. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is when you just let it go. When you let God have it. You, forgiveness is when you give up and you don't need revenge for that anymore. When you give up and say, they don't have to pay me nothing, it's fine. I think I'll just forgive them. God's people are to be forgiving people. And I want to encourage you to do something. That thing that is causing you such great bitterness in your heart and life, just give it up. Just give it up. You can live without it. As a matter of fact, you'll live happily without it. You'll live with peace without it. Give up. Forgive. Give up. Let go. Let God have it. You know something about forgiveness? Forgiveness is not something we do once and it's over. I really think that's why as we study through the Bible so many times, as we make our journey through God's Word, forgiveness comes up over and over and over and over again. Because you and I are going to have to be working at forgiveness for the rest of our lives. Some of you may be in the same boat I'm in. I have understood something about me. For the rest of my life, there's going to be times where I'm going to have to be on some type of diet. How many of you can understand that? I mean, if I eat all I want to eat, I'm going to be as big as a house. I won't fit through those doors. My appetite is far greater than my metabolism. And all God's people said amen. From now on, there are going to come seasons where I have to deal with the fact that I can not eat all I want anytime I want to. Far more important than weight loss and maintaining a healthy body size. You're going to have to come to grips with the fact that for the rest of your life, as a child of God, you're going to have to deal with the matter of forgiveness. It's going to come up, and you're going to have to deal with it and give it to the Lord. It's going to come up... You're going to have to deal with it and you're going to have to give it to the Lord. You make sure as a child of God that you don't quit putting forth the effort necessary to make forgiveness a primary focus in your Christian life. The emphasis of our text today is the parable of the unforgiving servant. That's a long introduction to maybe a short message we'll see. The parable of the unforgiving servant. Let me give you some help with forgiveness. Number one, if you're going to forgive, number one, you need to remember that you are a servant. If you're going to forgive, you need to remember that you are a servant. Do you know why we get so angry and put out because people have done us wrong? It's because we think so highly of ourselves. In this passage of Scripture, the first thing we see is we see the relationship of this man to his king there is a king and there is a servant and throughout the rest of the passage of scripture there's the servant the first servant he's the guy that was evidently at one time extremely talented at least extremely talented at losing a lot of money you got this this one guy that operates in figures that most people can't understand 10,000 talents but the bible calls him a servant. There's another servant that he doesn't operate and function on the same level. I've got a feeling that servant number one, if he needed to come up with a hundred bucks, he could come up with a hundred bucks. I mean, he was the kind of guy that could come up with a hundred bucks. But the other servant, he was a servant, but he is the kind of servant that when a hundred bucks was called due, he didn't have a hundred bucks to help get himself out of prison. But the Bible makes it clear, there's one guy here and one guy here, but they were both servants. And I want to remind you of something. You have may been given the opportunity as one of God's children to be a person of means or abilities. And God may have trusted you with things he didn't trust other people with, but you've got to remember something. You're a servant. And you know what causes us to not be willing to forgive. We are not willing to forgive because we are so rich and full of pride that we think somehow folks owe us something and we have a right and a reason to be bitter and angry towards people who've done us wrong. You don't, you're a servant. What God's given you and what God's not given you is the byproduct of a sovereign God and you need to learn to trust the Lord and know that God is worthy of your trust. You're a servant. The Bible tells us that we should learn not to think so highly of ourselves. Pride is what causes us to be unforgiving. You are a servant. This guy was a servant. He was a servant to a king and you and I are servants to king. We're a servant to king Jesus. We're a servant to our creator. We owe God. Our sin separates us from God. Our sin condemns us to hell. Our sin must be forgiven through the blood of Christ and the victory of Jesus over death, hell and the grave. You and I are debtors and we are servants and servants have no right to hold anything over anybody else. You're a servant. What right do you have to be bitter and angry at anybody? You're a servant. You see, our pride causes us to be bitter and unforgiving. But when we come to the place where, look, I'm a servant. What I have, God has given me. And you know what? If somebody does me wrong along the way, and they will, you remember Look, I'm just a servant, and I need to have compassion on the, my transgressors. I need to have uh, mercy on my uh, offenders. I need to have patience with the folks that have done me wrong. I need to just be forgiving. I need to let it go. You see, this man was a servant. You remember something. You are a servant. You're a servant. And servants really shouldn't be bitter and angry at other servants. What do you have that God didn't give you? Look, I'm the kind of guy that I believe in hard work, and you should too. I believe in being responsible. I believe in... uh, in earning your own key. I, I believe that. I, I believe that we should work. I believe that we should produce. I think that's absolutely necessary. I think we should be responsible. But I know something, that everything that I have is a byproduct of God's blessing on my life. See, what do I have that God didn't provide? The answer's nothing. And you may be here and think, well, I've been pretty good for myself. You have, but let me just ask you a couple questions. How much of the sunlight did you provide for what God's blessed you with. How much of the water did you produce? How much of the weather and climate did you provide for? Let me tell you, God gave you that. We think, my lands, we got a lot of things under control, but when you remember something, that you are a servant of creator God, hey, look, there's a lot of stuff that you had nothing to do with and the core elements of your success are the byproduct of what God gave you. God gave you the two eyes that are in your head and the brain between your ears. God gave you that. You should praise him. And when you get up on your high horse and start thinking everybody's done you wrong and dirty and you have good reason to be unforgiving, you just remember something, you're a servant. You humble yourself before God. One, it'll make you a lot happier. Two, you'll understand that you have a lot to be thankful for. And when you realize you're a servant, you've got a lot to be thankful for, it changes your demeanor about the people who've offered offenses in your life, and you'll become more willing to forgive them. Hey, look, God has commanded you to forgive. You're a servant. Pair of the unforgiving servant. If I'm going to be forgiving, number one, I need to remember that I am a servant. You are a servant. This man, the servant, sought and received forgiveness. Hallelujah. When you seek forgiveness, you get it from the Lord. Hallelujah. And when others seek forgiveness, you should be willing to give. As a matter of fact, long before the offender ever seeks forgiveness, you should be forgiven. It makes me so mad. It makes me want to spit fire when someone comes and me. I'll forgive them when they ask me to. No, you won't. You're so full of pride. That you think somebody's got to ask you to forgive them before you will. It's ridiculous. You remember something. You're a servant. Well, remember, we're servants. It'll help us to forgive. You're not so good that you have any right to hold anything over anybody. You and I are servants. Number two, you remember something else. Number two, remember, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. This is probably the key element of this passage of scripture. The thing that gets everybody upset is this guy was forgiven this astronomical number, and when it comes down to 100 bucks, he won't forgive the other guy. The emphasis is you are forgiven. Look at the Bible says in verse number 27. Verse number 27. Then the Lord of that servant, servant number one, was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. This was a big day for this guy. I mean, he was right there teetering between losing all the rest of his life and losing his family and losing all of his possessions. But because his... King had mercy on him. He was forgiven. You'd think a guy leaves that situation with a heart full of, uh, I should say a tender heart and a heart willing and ready to forgive other people because he'd been forgiven so much. But that wasn't the case. Look what happened to him. His debt was forgiven. He goes, the Bible says, the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. <laughs> now, this is what we do. You and I, were just servants. And we've been forgiven so much. But you know what we do? Somebody comes along the way, and they do something so insignificant, it's like a hundred bucks compared to 130 million. You know what we want to do? The first thing we do is we go after those folks. This is what the guy said. The servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. We go after those people. We get, we get aggravated about 100 bucks. We get aggravated about 100,000 bucks. We get aggravated about something small. We get aggravated about something little. Something they said, a look they made. You know, there have been people who have gotten big trouble because of road rage over turn signals that would be turned on at the exact time they thought they ought to turn them on and stuff like that. You know what we do? We just get full of rage because we get so, we're so full of pride. And the next thing we overrate, we go after that debtor that we should have forgiven. It's just a hundred bucks. We go after them. It doesn't stop there. Look what the scripture says here in this, in this verse. The same servant, verse 28, went out found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And the Bible says he laid hands on him. That's a really nice King James way of saying he, uh, he threatened him pretty hard with his fist. He laid hands on him. He laid hands on him. doesn't stop there and took him by the throat. Look at that. And took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. Can you imagine this? 100 bucks. He's got this guy by the throat. You're gonna pay me what you owe me. Ah. Let me just tell you something. Whatever it is, that you've excused as righteous and reasonable and right for you not forgiving someone else is as ignorant as this guy holding this guy by the throat demanding his 100 bucks. It's such a small thing compared to what he'd been forgiven. Look, if you're saved today, you've been forgiven eternal judgment in hell, suffering forever. And you've got somebody by the throat that said something wrong or did something wrong or cheated you one time. Give me a break. You've got somebody by the throat over something that is zero almost compared to what you've already been forgiven. Listen, if you want to know how God feels about this, you are to forgive because you have been forgiven. Scripture continues. In verse number 29, the fellow servant fell down at his feet. He's had him by his throat and he drops him. And the fellow ser- servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Verse 30, look at it. And he would not. He would not. I've circled those little three little words. He would not. You know something about forgiveness? Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness. Is a, everybody thinks forgiveness is a feeling. You're not going to feel forgiveness in your heart until you've decided to offer forgiveness with your actions. Look, you want to start the process of forgiving somebody. You don't say, "Lord, help me forgive," and all of a sudden you have butterfly feelings everywhere. Oh, this is awesome! I feel like I'm a forgiver finally. Baloney. That's not how it works. you know how you forgive? You forgive by deciding to forgive. You forgive by deciding, you know what? This still makes me mad, but I'm not ever going to say one more word about this to anybody but God. When I get aggravated, Lord, help me to forgive these people. I'm not going to bring it back up. I'm not going to rehash the details. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to go to those people anymore, and I'm not going to demand that they get it right. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to let it go. You know what the difference was? Between the king and the servant, he would not forgive. Let me tell you something. You just decide, I'm going to forgive him. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to address it anymore. When it starts to eat at me, I'm going to tell God about it. And that's it. I have decided I'm going to forgive them. You know what happens when you decide you're going to forgive somebody and you start doing the actions of forgiveness? Eventually and in time, God blesses the obedient actions and gives you a spirit that says, Hey, look, I'm forgiven. The next thing you know, you'll have forgiven them with your actions and your decision. The next thing you know, it's not going to start, it's not going to bug you anymore because the Holy Spirit's going to give you victory over that thing. He would not. You know why you can't forgive them? You won't. Anybody that you think will listen to, you rat and talk about them. Anytime you think that you can get some sympathy, you run your mouth about it. Anytime you can stalk them on Facebook and figure out what they're doing and make you madder about that situation, you fall, you you do that. You know why you can't forgive? You won't. This guy could have easily said, forget it. You know what? Just like the king scratched out my 130 million. In my reckoning, in my books, I'm just going to scratch out that 100 bucks and I'm not going to talk to him about it again. If he gives it to me, fine. If he don't, fine. But I ain't never dealing with that again. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to worry about it. Don't worry about it, buddy. Just do what you want to do. No big deal. But he wouldn't. But he wouldn't. You need to remember something. You're forgiven. Verse 31. The Bible says, So when his fellow servant saw what was done, they were very sorry. You think about the testimony of this guy. Now, I want to remind you of something. If you're a faithful part of the Johnny Baptist Church, you represent us, but more importantly, you represent Jesus. I want you to think about this. This guy, this guy identified with the king as a servant of the king, and everybody knew that this guy had been forgiven a lot. But then when they found out that he sent Joe Schmo Servant too to debtor's prison over a hundred bucks. Man, they really lost confidence in this guy who said he was a follower of the king. Now, you remember something. When you refuse to forgive, when your m- mouth is rich with bitterness towards other people and you call yourself a Christian, hmm, you're not doing the Lord any favors. That's a fact. And they said, whoa, this is terrible. The Bible says in verse number 33, "Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on the fellow servant? Compassion and forgiveness run hand in hand. You need to work on something. Perhaps the person that offends you, you just need to show them a little grace and have a little compassion. But for the grace of God, you could be in the exact same spot. We're to forgive. The three things you need to remember, one, you're a servant. Number two, you're forgiven. And finally, number three, You will pay. If you're unforgiving, you will pay. Look what the Bible says in the last two verses of this chapter. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one, His brother, their trespasses. What's the Bible say? The Lord Jesus now speaks to Peter. He says, Peter, now listen, I know you thought you were doing something really special saying seven times. The principle is seven times 70. We've got to be forgivers. Forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. And the Lord Jesus tells this parable. He says, Now listen, servant number one, he was. Turned over to the prison, to the prison tormentors, the guys that specialize in torture, and he's going to get tormented until that debt is paid. And Jesus looks at Peter and his disciples and what does he say? He says, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother trespasses. He said, let me tell you something. There's going to be some torment going on in your heart and life if you fail to forgive. There's nothing any closer to the truth than that. It is the truth, the absolute truth. You know what happens to Christian people who are so full of pride that they won't forgive? You know what happens to people that major on offenses of others, save people all the days of their life? And their hearts are rich with bitterness and unforgiveness. You know what it equals? Torment. How many of you have ever been around somebody who's tormented because of unforgiveness? You know what unforgiveness does? It torments you. It don't torment the person that you're upset with. And God says to his disciples, look. If you don't, from your hearts, forgive your brother. You're going to be like that guy. Tormented. So. You will pay. You remember. You'll pay. It'll cost you the best days of your life being bitter and angry and unforgiving. You'll pay. Unforgiveness in your heart equals torment in your soul. The Lord wants something better for you. He's forgiven you. Maybe, just maybe, you can learn something. From the parable the unforgiving servant. The number one thing is. He wouldn't forgive. But you can. Just start the process. Do the work. And God will bless you. May the Lord help us. Learn to forgive. Let's pray.